Back to the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5. The show name is a reference to how many great Astros' last name begin with the letter B, who were playing back in the 90s when they were not winning World Series. Bagwell, Biggio, Barry, Bell, and eventually Bergman. You might not remember Barry and Bell, but trust me, you remember Blank and Brenham. Here they are now, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios. What are the uh, the most underrated storylines? Storylines we're not talking about when it comes to the Houston Texans. Training camp opens next week. We're we're here. Like training camp's about to happen. Mm-hmm. We're we're moments away from training. I can't wait. I've been uh, I've Best been watching in the city. Right? I think so. I'm gonna I'm gonna make it out to camp. I'm not gonna promise you every day, because I have I have kids. Think about the kids. But I'm gonna make children. it out there. I'm gonna make it out there a couple times. Okay. A couple times. Let me know how it goes. Hot. Yeah. It's gonna be hot. You know where you're. Uh... I'm going to come back with Gilligan some hot hat. takes like Case Keenum looks better than C.J. Stroud. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get hot takes. That's why I'm going to camp. I'm You're going to get give, hot takes. Will you be giving us your observations? You want me to have 11 observations? I, I'd like to change the number. How many do you want? Um, Three? 22. No, let's go fewer. I don't want to do more want, than 11. Want, it's a struggle to come up with 11, as we've seen. I want Jeremy's handful. I want five. But that's not a football number. Okay, I want seven. I want a we touchdown. We go six. Well, let's touch on six, Blankers. With the extra point. Seven and seven <laughs> and, no, time out, seven and one of them has to be a special teams observation every day for the extra point. But I'm not going out there every day. Every time you I'm go. I'm not going out. Let, let's be clear. Every time you go. E says I just E says I just need some D'Amico sound. Can we just do Jeremy's we'll quick six? Sounds. Quick six observations Ooh, yeah. from practice. How about that? But, pick but, six observations oh, from practice. We're so smart. This is what happens whenever we game play. We collaborate. Pick six, but then you get the extra point. Which is a yep. special teams observation. Yep. There you go. That's I can't, so good. I, I can't wait for those. Look at us creating that's, content again. That's going to be the one that I'm most excited about well, every I mean, time you go. It's going to be Tang Dell. That's probably right. No, John Weeks, love? I mean, we, we, John Weeks is kind of... We know no what John Weeks is. The longest tenured Texan. We know what John Weeks does. John Weeks' job is the same every single time. He snapped the ball good. Yeah. He had a great... He bent over and made a great snap. Now, sometimes whoever catches the snap changes... Hmm. But what he does is fixed. John Weeks is a fixed cost for the Houston Texans. Get ball, snap ball. That's his Get, job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is one of the best don't jobs you can have ball. in sports, by the way. Well, I would say backup quarterback is the best. I don't know. Well, you get paid better, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. And you rarely play, and you play golf all the time. You don't get hit all the time. I mean, what, John Weeks, is he can't play golf? He can't. I don't know. You got to be kind of bigger if you're on the line. It's tougher yeah. to yeah. get around on your swing. You probably don't have as good of a swing. Yeah. That's like probably punter. right. Punters are great position. If you do punting well, punting no or deep about snapping. It. Deep now, punters probably get paid more. I don't know this for sure. I think you're right. I don't look at punters oh, salaries on, on the regular. So. I yeah. would think so. But deep snappers, I think, do it longer. Like they have more. Is tenure. that a t-shirt? Deep snappers do it longer. I bet you Pat Mack if he has that on a t-shirt. Probably right. For the brand. Although this is Look we're talking us. deep snappers. This is, this is marketing 101 in the middle of the killer bees. We're just coming up with ideas for people. A says, will we have a cooking with cow segment from noon to 1230? I think that's a great idea. Uh, cool cat cow. You, I love me some cow McNair. the correct way, it gets you moist, tender insides and a little bit of a crispy outside. I don't want to be pot committed to leading the first 30 minutes of our show every day with Cal McNair. Yeah, hard pass. Especially in the middle of it. baseball season. You could chum up to him and then make him make appearances. I think I think Cal would like me. I, of the three I of us, I like think me. you'd have the best shot. I think so, too. Yeah. I think Because I like him the most. It's exactly uh, right. I probably play the most video games of the three of you, so Yeah, but you're the harshest. Yeah, but you ran into him once, didn't you? And you didn't say anything to him? I said hi. He holds grudges. I said hi. Oh. You called him out. You said, yeah, I know you're Cal. I went to look at his house with the, whenever we went to look at Christmas lights. So you're a stalker. At West U. 
Yeah, is you that are stalking? Stalk. Yeah, a little bit. Is that stalking? No, it's do you stalk. know where it's, he lives? It's, it's if you, did lights. you preconceive know who, where he lived How and wanted to go know? see his house? I looked it up post. I looked it up post fact. You saw the house okay. and then looked up who lived there. Yeah, I okay, did. That's actually, better. actually, I did do that because okay. we went to look at Christmas lights in West U because you know, it's real nice there. Yeah, and we passed a house that was like decked out in text and stuff. And I was like, and I, I had heard that he lives there. Okay. I had heard he lived I, in the I, West U area. In River Oaks. Maybe it was River Oaks. Maybe I'm okay. getting the neighborhood mixed up. But we were in the neighborhood that's really nice. I think it was River Oaks. Now that you didn't Busby it. during the whole Deshaun trial say? Yeah. You know, yeah. I live two doors down from or across the it street was from River him. Oaks. We've never spoken or it something like River that. It was River Oaks. Yeah. You're right. I got the neighborhoods mixed up. It was River Oaks. So we went one night, had dinner. Then went to, took, the, took the kids to look at Christmas lights. And we were in River Oaks. And there was one house that was decked out in Texans gear. I'm like, certainly an owner of an NFL team isn't decking their house out with all of the gear. That way, everybody knows where the owner of an NFL team lives. So I went back to like look to see if it was. Sure enough, it, it was. He, Cal is that owner. Cal is the owner that decks out his house in Texans gear so everybody in the city knows Doesn't where the owner you. of the Texans live. I was, I was blown away. The no-brainer that goes against the no-brainer, that would be Cal. What a buffoon. I mean, cool cat Cal, that's what I meant. But I doubt we're going to talk 30 minutes about Cal every single day. No. Um, maybe three to three thirty though. Here's the uh, the question we're asking though. What is the most underrated storyline for the Houston Texans entering training camp? What is the storyline that we're not talking about that we should be talking about? I, I think honestly, it could be Bobby Slowick. I, I think it could be a guy that could be a huge difference maker, regardless of what your roster has looked like or or what you've seen previous. Just by the way he calls games, mm-hmm. if he's learned anything at all from Kyle Shanahan and being on his staff and, and learning that system. And as much as we were browbeat with Bill O'Brien and Tim Kelly and just vanilla, that I think Bobby Slowick could do a lot, not just for the development of C.J. Stroud, but just the utilization of Pierce, the, the way that the offensive line you know, works even better to protect and to get yards and chunk plays. I think Bobby Slowick is, as much as everybody's gung-ho about D'Amico, I think the, the most underrated storyline could be the fact that your offensive coordinator could be as big a difference maker as any move you made this offseason. I'm going to nitpick that a little bit. I agree with everything that you just said. I don't know if we're getting any intel in training camp, though. Like, I don't think we're going to like be watching the offense during camp. Oh, Bobby Slowick's a genius. I don't think you can. No, not, I think it has to take place in the games. Yeah, I'm just saying it's an underrated storyline. I think everybody's going to be looking at Stroud. They're going to be looking at D'Amico. They're going to be analyzing a million different things. And I think what they're not thinking about is, you know, we're, we're, we're obviously after the trade. We have to be more focused on wins. And I think the most underrated story that could actually be the the, the biggest weapon you have to try and attain more wins yeah. is Bob Slowick. I think he's a huge wild card. I think he's a huge X factor, all those things. So I, I don't really want to argue with you on that because I, I agree. It's how the Texans fare in 2023. I don't even want to go that far because I don't even really care about the Texans record in 2023. But I want an offensive coordinator that knows what they're doing. Like I want an offensive coordinator that's going to move the ball, that's exciting, that's fun. Is he is he going to be Kyle Shanahan-y? Or is he going to leave Kyle Shanahan, do his own thing, and it not be very good? So I'm, I'm fascinated to see what Bobby Slowick does in year one. It's weird with the Texans because do we really have position battles? Like people were trying to make fetch a thing with Davis Mills and C.J. Stroud. That's not a position battle. Like even if Davis Mills, for some unforeseen reason, starts the, the year as the quarterback, it's not even a battle. It's C.J. Stroud's job at some point. And it's I not fully expect him to be week one. But I think the position battle could be backup quarterback. I think yeah. that, that that's more likely something that you can keep an eye on. 
But even then, I and I was leaning Case Keenum just because if you are truly focused on wins now, now you've got a guy that's been there, done that as your backup in case you need him, and he right. can get you, keep you in games. And most people, and you and I had the discussion about it, it's Davis Mills. I wasn't under that impression, and I still, in my heart of hearts, believe that there's a road to Case Keenum being the guy that should be the backup quarterback. See, I think it's Mills, but even that conversation is incredibly boring. You know what I mean? Like, that's not an underrated, like, story for camp. And it's weird because the Texans are a team coming off four wins. Are there really position battles? Wide like, receiver. That's the only one. But is that but, underrated? We talk about that no, all the it's time. No, it's definitely not underrated. So, yeah. I, I think the one that's not underrated but could be is just how big of a factor can John Mechie be? I think that's going to be something that everybody's going to be watching. But I think, I think gonna, that yeah. that's a massive story. Yeah, I think I think the two things to me that are the most underrated that we've talked about, like we focus on the offensive line and we talk about Kenyon Green. That's where I'm at. Interior offensive but line. But specifically center. Like, I think left guard too. Juice. Like I think it's going to be juice. But they did draft the kid from Notre Dame later in the draft. And like, Patterson. like could there be some kind of competition there? I think that's fair to say with two rookies, even though Juice was drafted higher. What if he beats What if he beats Kenyon Green at left guard? And I think that's possible too. Like what is there? And then we're not going to know the answer potentially until you know training camp towards those those combined practices until uh, preseason games. But it is, I think, a big deal. If the Texans go into this season with an offensive and defensive coordinator who have never called plays before, like I want to know if D'Amico is going to call the plays or not on defense. And it feels like everyone's just assuming he's going to, but he has yet to commit. He has yet to even come close to committing to a decision. So I want to know who's your DC because it just to me feels like you're setting your team up for failure having a brand new OC and a brand new DC. I don't think plays. he's going to call plays. I don't think he is either. I think it's going to be Burke. See, I don't like it. I, I'm part one of the people that Joe was talking about. I just assumed he was going to call plays, but it might be wise that he's taking his time, and we haven't heard yet because I think he's trying to get his grasp, get as big a grasp as he can on all the different things he's going to need to do as a head coach. And we've seen guys get over their head, and we've seen, you know, especially the case in Denver a year ago when when Hackett was just completely underwater, and and on the fly in the middle of a season, it's a horrible look, and everybody looks bad. And I think D'Amico's trying to make sure that that doesn't happen to him. So good on him for having not announced it yet. But I really assume that that was the one storyline that I, I didn't have to worry about. I thought D'Amico was going to call plays, and maybe now it looks like it's quite the opposite. Yeah, I I, I think most people think D'Amico's going to call plays. I mm-hmm. think that would be the consensus. I had like Listening to them talk and reading the tea leaves, I think there's a 60-40 chance Burke is the one calling the defensive plays. Um, receiver is a good one. I feel like we do talk about receiver. Interior offensive line, I think that there's two favorites. I think Juice Scruggs is the favorite to be the center. Kenyon Green's the favorite to be the left guard. Wouldn't stun me if Jarrett Patterson is your opening day starter at one of those positions. It wouldn't stun me if, Squat, if Scott Quesenberry was a starter at one of those positions. Because center's hard to play for a rookie. Center is a very difficult position to play as a rookie. The only other one that I... I I am interested to see. It's under the radar. It's on the back burner. A lot of people probably wouldn't even have a whole lot of interest in it. I'm bullish on the running backs. I think Pierce is good. I think Devin Singletary was an underrated signing. Who's the next guy? He's like, everybody in the NFL needs three running backs. Who's the next guy? I'm very curious on Xavier Valaday. Xavier Valaday was signed as an undrafted free agent for better money than most six-round draft picks. That, to me, is telling, that tells me that Nick Casario liked him. I think Valaday might be the third running back on this team. You've liked him, and you've mentioned him. And, Mostly and the I, money, though. Yeah. Like, I think that, well, but the I think, money. But I think it's, it's, it's a multitude of things, right? It's, it's the fact that he's cheaper 
but he could be better than anything that you've had as your third running back for the last several years. And being done with the fighting Rex Burkhead, but being able to get a guy that's more versatile, that's quicker, that's probably that's younger, that has a lot of lot left in the tank and a lot to prove, where you're going to come out and give a little extra. This team needs all of that, so I think it, it, that's. There's a lot of possibilities in that, but I think it's probability more than possibility. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. What are the uh, the underrated storylines with training camp opening up next week? Five zero one two says bullpen catchers best sports job. Period. Six figures to catch bullpen. Okay, Count on, me time in. On, time on. Bullpen pet catcher getting six figures ain't multiple million dollars a year to be a backup quarterback. Yeah, but it's no stress, right? There's not a whole lot. David Carr, as we knew, for all the stress he took in year one and early in his career, David Carr carried a clipboard to a Super Bowl ring, multiple Super Bowls that he went to, and like $55 million in the bank. Yeah. That ain't six figures. There's still work, though. Like, you're right. I'd rather be the backup quarterback, rather take on the work, make a lot more money. But the work is you're still studying throughout the week. You're still you're still. Yeah, but you got I mean, in order to keep your mind sharp, sharp and you you, you, know, you don't want to. I mean, look, I don't think I would ever want to coast coast to the point where I had no nothing to challenge me on a daily basis. Oh, to do. where I if I'm getting paid that. to be a backup quarterback, still on the field in these games, still my input matters. Still, I'm doing something that I love, and yet I'm not getting my bell rung and getting crushed and injuries. But you and might. CTE. You might. But most backup quarterbacks play. If you play a little bit, then you'll relive your heyday for a few weeks. Then you go right back to collecting massive amounts of money to being a best friend to the rest of the quarterback. 100K to catch bullpens doesn't sound so bad. I would take it. I would take both. Rocamonte's made a great run of it because he was catching in the All-Star Home Run Derby, and he's there at All-Star Games and World Series and gets rings, and people know him. Exactly. He's got a good run. I ran into him eating at a Black Walnut Cafe, and he was handing out shoes to like people he was having. He's a very good with. dude. <laughs> yeah, he was just handing out Astros gear to whoever he was having. He married a, a woman that was on our, our TV crew for a long time. Oh, yeah? Yep. What's her name? I forget her name, but oh. I know that he did. I, I, I bet sorry. she didn't forget your name. 713-780-ESPN, the HRMP listener line. 713-780-3776. Jordan Alvarez was supposed to make his rehab assignment on Friday. What went on? What's the deal with Urquidy? Pitched in a rehab game when we might see Altuve and Brantley. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Before we go to the break, tell you about the good people at Apollo Men's Health. If you're looking for more energy in your life on a daily basis, if you're looking for answers to problems that you think have no solution, you need to go see the people at Apollo Men's Health. Look, there's three locations now to better serve you. There's one in the in the uh, League City area. There's one right. There's two real close to downtown Houston, Lake Jackson, Pearland. But the bottom line is, no matter which one you choose, you're going to get the, the attention to the issues that you got going on, and you're going to get answers and solutions to your problems. It could be from the boardroom to the bedroom to the weight room. If you've got issues, maybe you want to lose weight and you can't. Maybe you just don't have any energy, and you used to have energy to go all day. They can help you because they've got a variety of different solutions, and they're all offered, and you can see them online. Go to ApolloMH.com. See all the different services they offer. See if any of them are, are, are solutions to problems you've been having. If there's any that fall into that category, make an appointment because once you book that first appointment and find out that you know most major insurance is accepted and there's discounts for military personnel, you'll find out that these people care about you. They're going to find a way to get you back to where you want to be that you used to be that you didn't think you could ever be at again. They're, they take care of you by identifying the problem. They ask you tough questions, but if you give them honest answers, they find results and a program that works. I am speaking for them because they've done it for me. They can do it for you, too. 
and it's as easy as getting in contact with them today. Go to ApolloMH.com. Mention my name, Joel Blank. On your first visit, you'll get a free B12 shot or a free body composition analysis so you can set your parameters to try and get to a point where you can measure weight loss, body fat loss, muscle gain. They take care of you every step of the way. Check them out today. They're great people doing great things. It's the good people at Apollo Men's Health. ESPN 975.com Fighter of the Night Man. Welcome back, Houston. These guys missed you over the last break. It's the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Todd says the best show in sports is, uh, or the us. best gig in sports. Yeah, oh. yeah, that was my bad. Best show in sports is us. Best gig in sports is whatever Ben Simmons is doing. He ain't wrong. Facts. Making tons of money. He's doing nothing. He's he is working absolutely out absolutely not wrong. Yeah. I mean... I have never seen a guy fake his way through life and, like, win at everything except for what he's supposed to do his, uh, in his job. Like, from who he's dated, the money he's making, the, you know, the, all the different, like, cars and place, all this stuff that he puts on social media. It's, dude, you talk about perpetrating the fraud. This dude has mastered it. Facts. God, it's pathetic. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, Jordan Alvarez, Jordan rule number 21. He does not play baseball for a minor league baseball team when the weather's above 80 degrees. He's got a 40-80 rule, maybe even a 60-80 rule. Did he if not play under, all weekend? If it's under 60 degrees, Jordan does not play minor league baseball. I know he if didn't play If it's above Friday 80 night. degrees, Jordan Alvarez does not play minor league baseball. He was not in the lineup once. He had zero at-bats for the Sugar Land Spacers. He worked out at Minute Maid Park, though, in the so climate So do you think controlled- he goes to Colorado, or is he going to still have to do a rehab stint? There's, might be good if you're an ESPN 97.5 fan. Reading McTaggart stuff, I think he's going to play in Sugarland. Well, then, hope he plays Friday night when we're all there, and you should be too, to join us at the Space Cowboys. You're game. throwing out the first pitch, aren't you? Uh, evidently, I was told that today. I hope it's. Okay. A, I hope. I, I want you to treat that first pitch like it's an 0-2 pitch. No, I'm not. I'm, <laughs> I'm not wasting one. I Throw one in the dirt. One. Throw a little change up in the nah. dirt. A little splitty in the I dirt. Think Joel's only goal is going to be be better than. BK. I like your I don't chances. have to worry about that. I've never I seen to BK do that throw for a good anything. portion of my life. I'm not going to worry about that. Have I've you done seen, it there before? Have you seen BK throw? Uh, BK. Have you seen BK throw <laughs> something? I don't, something I don't before? need to see BK throw. You never seen BK throw I something? BK. I'm going to lean no. into this one. I yeah, like I this. Seen BK throw. Yeah, anything. I mean he doesn't pronounce words right. He's Why should we pronounce his name now, right? But I don't know about BK. Have you ever seen BK throw something? I'm leaning into it. Nope, I haven't either. I've never seen BK throw anything. You going to do a test run like you did with Andrew with the swing? I don't think I think I don't think BK would play along. I mean, I, no, I think if we th- if we got a, if we took the ball the, and we're ball out here on the that hallway, I caught it a major league baseball game. But you think about it now with BK, you got a pitch clock <laughs> because he he shows up less than two minutes before the first first yeah, uh, light that's, goes that's on that's for true. the show. So his pitch clock is going to be he better be here on time and be ready to go right away with a throw. So what is the contest between you and BK? Like better like middle middle? What are you what's the target? It's got to be middle middle, I mean, right? My goal is always just to throw a strike. Are you going to go to the rubber? Oh, I always do. Oh, now, know, here's, pitchers, the, here's the, the one, Joe, that we need to figure out. The pro ball is, players don't like that. This is why. Because you mess up their mound. It, I'm not digging a rut in there You're alongside the rubber. It. So what? I'm, I'm not wearing you, cleats. I'm just telling you, pro pitchers don't like that. If, well, if Rikidi's on the mound, stay gonna, away. Uh, stay off. If there's anyone else, if you it's Rikidi, stay off the mound. You can't, or Arigetti. We, we can't come in here on Monday and yeah. be like, Jose Arquiti yeah. got hurt. Was Head it Joel Blank's fault? Can I tell you the curveball they threw me the last time that I did not like? Was that 
I could throw. I'm ready to throw a major league baseball or a baseball. Right. I'm the, the like ball in one? your hand. Yeah. I'm ready to throw that. Right when you get to the mound, they hand you one of those promo baseballs <laughs> with the logo on it, the plastic one, you know, the plastic kind of vinyl covered ones. Did you need I'm some like, sticky What's stuff? This. Is that why you threw a ball? No, I threw a strike. <laughs> a matter of fact, what's his name? The guy that uh, uh, he was an Astros pitcher, and then he's one of the greatest. He's the greatest closer in uh, not Skeeter's history. Uh, he was a, a Paulino. Oh, okay. Paulino. And he comes out he, after I threw the first pitch. He comes out to shake our hands. He goes, you've done this before, haven't you? And I go, a little bit. I, I mean. Nice flex there. I, I, no, I, I mean, I, I used a, a delivery, a wind-up and everything like that. And I threw it. Are you going to wear baseball pants, too? No, I'm not doing that. That would be awesome. <laughs> it sounds like you might be wearing baseball pants. No. I'm, wind-up, delivery, going to the rubber. I would appreciate it if they did what they did last time. They gave me a Skeeter's jersey that was sweet. Are you going to go to the rosin bag before you throw it? Maybe. <laughs> if it pisses off the pitcher pitching that night, like you said, if it's I your, might do that. If it's Arcadi or Spencer Arigetti, you cannot go to the mound. Why? Because, I just told you why. I, I they're not going to like get it. hurt. They don't, I, they don't like it. So why? I, I, don't know I want Arcadi and Arigetti to, to be happy. Then do something about it by getting yourself up to the major league level ready to help. Don't worry about what I'm doing at AAA baseball games. Because <laughs> if you and BK are throwing – or sorry, BK are Beaky. throwing – Beaky. Throwing the pitch at the same time, you both can't be on the mound. They'll have you guys to the left. Well, and right. last oh, time they, they didn't at the do same that. Time? Yeah, I don't. I, that would be news to me. Because I just, we'll see. I just that's when I did it the before. last time, there was also one of their sponsors that was doing it, mm. and it's like I went, then they went, or they went, and then I went, whatever. But it was one after the other. I think BK should catch you. That way, you're pitching and he's catching. Not even touching that one. Just not. is that not what they're doing? I thought one of them caught the other one. No, I want Blankers to be they're the one both, throwing. Both throwing. Oh, they're both throwing. To my knowledge. Oh, okay. Uh, any concern about Jordan here? Doesn't play in weather above 80 for the cold. Spacers. He's got a head cold, Dana I, I, Brown said. I, the only concern is what exactly did he have? Are cold. we ever going to find out? Dana Brown said a head cold. Okay, because at the first it was Astros just illness, game. and I'm like, well, what does that mean? It could be COVID. It could be the flu. It could be – I don't know. And if it's Michael Brantley-esque, that's the first indicator that there's something way more wrong that's going to be way more devastating. So as long as it was a head cold, fine. It kept him out of all three games. Yeah. Now it probably keeps him out of Colorado. So you, you'd like to see him, as Joe was hoping for, unleash in Colorado and then hit where he always hits well in Oakland. But, you know, you're not playing like big-time teams and that point of the schedule is coming. So let's just not rush him and make sure he's okay. I'm really, really, really hoping that the Astros today send out an announcement. Oh, Jordan Alvarez flying to Colorado is going to meet up with the Astros. I hope so. I really hope so. I think. I mean, if he was still working out at Minime, then he was probably still getting his work in. So if it's just about a timing issue, I mean, aren't you playing AAA pitchers when you're playing in Colorado? He says, what day is this? It's uh, Friday. Friday. He says he wants to go out and heckle. That's a great idea. Go heckle. He, yeah. That'd be fantastic. Friday night. For we'll also pitch. be there yeah, broadcasting from 3 to 6 because we have a Dynamo game that night. Yeah. Uh, you just go to the ES, You go to the Sugarland Space Cowboys ticket spot. You go type in promo code ESPN. You get tickets for $9.75. And a Lance McCullers replica ring. Yes, right? if you're one of the first 3,000 people. May or may not be there. correct. You have to be one of the first 3,000. First 3,000 people. Yeah. All right. Very good. And Friday. You get heckle Joel. ESPN 97.5, at the Space Cowboys game. Does that count as one of the liners that we have to read? That's good enough. All right. Sounds good. I love that. Uh, Altuve Brantley, they were seen running around on the ESPN broadcast. Or Katie looked pretty good in terms of like velo and stuff, mm-hmm. which is encouraging. Now they just need to get him stretched out. So that's encouraging. That's promising. Uh, Altuve, I hope they announce a rehab assignment for him soon. Brantley is a mystery. Like I'm not, I'm not wasting my time thinking about Michael Brantley anymore. No, I, we've already said that. We've already drawn the line in the sand, and and I said over and over again, if he's not doing anything by All Star break, then he is dead to me. Not, not literally dead to me, but I'm not thinking about him again. 
and anything you get for him is massive, like sprinkles on the icing, on the cake, if you can utilize them at all, because it's a lost season for me. It, he was supposed to be back, according to Jeff Bagwell, by opening day. So here we are, and it's a massive disappointment that he's the most overpaid cheerleader in sports, and I don't like it. So I'm not going to think about it anymore. I'm going to think about the trade deadline and think about ways to better this ball club because I'm not counting on him. Yeah, same. 713-780-ESPN. How do you plan on heckling Blankers and Beaky when they throw out the first pitch Friday at the Sugarland Spacers game? All right, coming up next, let's see what the will has in store for us, what Joe has in store for us. The will of bits with the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Here, your family. Look at our family now. It's the Wheel of Bits on the Killer Bees. Kittles and bits, kittles and bits. I'm going to get me bits. Some kittles and bits. Who knows the bits the bees will begrudgingly bite? Well, let's find out. It's time for start, sit, cut. Here's Joel and Jeremy. And Joe. Mm-hmm. Somebody, somebody needs to reboot that computer. I'll tell you that. I heard S2D2 today. That he computer. says start, bench, cut, right? Start, yep. sit, I don't know why I heard S2D2 today. I usually don't. Start, bench, cut? Yeah, well, You paid attention. We are going to do that could be it. I trade deadline. Start, sit, cut. The Astros acquiring All a right. starting pitcher, cool. a left fielder, a bullpen arm. Uh, do we have handedness? A left-handed bullpen arm. Okay. How about the left fielder? A, a lefty left, hitter. Lefty, left fielder. All right. Starting pitcher. Lefty, left fielder, lefty bullpen arm. Starting pitcher. Doesn't matter. Starting pitcher. Doesn't matter. No handedness? Doesn't matter? What about effectiveness? No, it doesn't matter? <laughs> I am annoyed with you. No, I'm not. Never annoyed with you. It doesn't matter? Uh, do you want a lefty or do you want a righty? Yeah, it doesn't matter. You're right. Okay. You're right. Uh, Thanks I, for putting this, me in my place. This is easy for me. For me, because you're getting two bats back, you're assuming that you know Altuve and, and Jordan are on the way. The biggest thing for me is starting pitching. Now, the bat's going to help. So I'm going to go, I'm starting, starting pitching. Okay. I am benching left fielder, and I am cutting bullpen arm because it just seems like reverse splits and everything else factored in and the year that Maton's having and, and the guys that they have in their bullpen in the back part of their bullpen, Montero excluded for the, for the, not even for the time being, Montero excluded in my mind. I still think they have enough versatility and plus-plus arms in their bullpen. I think that their biggest weaknesses right now are the rotation first and then the bat, and I think that that's where I would go. It's the thing that's confusing a bit about the bullpen is that you're currently rostering Rafael Montero, who, of course, you have to roster because you spent all the money, but he's been bad. You're currently rostering Joel Kuhnel, who is the 50-year-old pitcher who's throwing, you know, he actually pitched pretty good he's yesterday. a beer league legend. A beer league legend. So, like, those guys are currently on your roster. Now, trading for a starter... You know, I don't like Brandon Belak's getting a start in Colorado. I don't want Brandon Belak on this roster. Uh, Renell Blanco. I don't want to see Renell Blanco get playoff innings. So I do think that there is value to adding to this bullpen. You've obviously there's been a lot of tax going to this bullpen. You go back to the Fromber Valdez argument. 
You don't have Montero like you had last year with Montero. And I love the idea of a strong bullpen once the playoffs come around. We saw that last year. That was a recipe for the Houston Astros a year ago. You go to that bullpen often, and with the way that the schedule works out in the playoffs, where you have a lot more off days in the postseason than you do in the regular season, you can go to that bullpen a little bit more. Um, I think the bullpen's a huge weapon when it comes to the playoffs. problem is you can't really guarantee that this team gets to the playoffs. I think that they will, but it's not a guarantee. Yeah. If you're saying that, and I don't disagree with you, yep. But if you get a starting pitcher, then presumably one or mo- one of those guys could slide to your bullpen, right? But and right at least now their stuff is be- good. In case that's, like that's a why. Blanco. That's why I brought up Belak and Blanco. Yeah. Like if you trade for a fifth starter and Arkady, you know, you now you start talking about something else. But if you added a fifth starter to this rotation before Arkady comes back, as the roster is currently, Brandon Belak's in your bullpen, and it's like. He's not somebody I want to use in the postseason. We, we I don't want Blanco, Blanco in the postseason either, stuff, though. But he, I mean, if you're going to put him in the like a long reliever situation, that he's better than the beer league pitcher, soft, and he he's also I don't got better stuff than Belak. Bo Blanco, yeah, Blanco, yeah, I like Blanco stuff better. Than Belak. So is, Blanco in short doses might be okay. It's kind of curious that they have Blanco in Sugarland right now and Kuno. Completely agree. With the Astros. I thought that was kind of odd, especially whenever they said that they were going to have Blanco with the team after the All-Star break. I guess not. Um, it's kind of interesting that you're sitting the left field or the uh, left-handed bat, but it might be where you want them, right? Like if, if you trade for a left-handed bat, it might be somebody that's coming into games late to pinch hit for Martin Maldonado because he's not going to catch Yiner Diaz, of course. I think I'm with you. I think I have to. I think I have to uh, to concur. I think I have to agree with you. Starting pitcher is what I'm going to start. Hopefully, it's a significant enough upgrade over JP France, though. Because if you're if you're trading for this the equivalent of JP France and Jose Arquiti, that doesn't really boost you in the playoffs. No. So it needs to be somebody that's a clear cut echelon ahead of France and Arquiti. Is it's someone that's capable? Of being able to fill the shoes at the very least of Hunter Brown. See, that's a, that. See, the starting pitcher though is like now it's it's kind of questionable because what if the starting pitcher is the Lorenzen guy from Detroit? Like that's Jose Arquiti, that's J.P. Yeah, yeah, France. Exactly. So like, I rather have a bat or a bullpen arm as opposed to the, the yeah. equivalent of France and Arquiti. Who it is 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 very important in this conversation because to me. It's a different scenario why I said starting pitching again, too, because at the start of the year, we had penciled in number one and number two, depending on which order you liked better. It didn't matter. They were interchangeable. Fromber and Javier and going, we're set with our first two. You're not set with your first two just yet. You just don't know. And so, therefore, it becomes even more important that you focus on getting another guy capable of being a 2-3 if you need him to be that maybe has done it in the past so that you've got... A yeah. lot of insurance, which we always talk about. They want insurance policies. Well, that, to me, makes it even more important because you you don't need as many insurance policies knowing that you're getting Altuve and you're getting Jordan back. But because of the uncertainty of Javier, the up and down of Brown, and you got to wonder if the clock's going to strike midnight on France, you need an extra guy that you can really rely on at the top of your rotation. Joe, I hate to be this guy. I hate to be this guy, Joe. But can you define the starting pitcher in terms of echelon? Are we getting a starting pitcher that's clear ahead of France and Urquidy, or he's on the same echelon as France and Urquidy? Or is that the risk I have to take? I think it's the risk you have to take. Well, that's that makes my it, makes, to answer it, it, it makes it it makes it impossible to answer this question. That's what he wanted to do. Okay, what's who's like one of the, who's one bullpen arm that you really like? Well, there's a lot. Like give me one. I would take the Estevez guy that we saw yesterday. All right, Estevez, Bellinger, Stroman. Starts oh, okay. to cut. 
Well, starting Stroman, benching Bellinger, and cutting Estevez. So sure. Estevez would be your lowest priority. For sure. Yeah. Even though the bullpen is the most taxed it's ever been. They have four of the ten most appearances in all of Major but League even Baseball. But if you add a yeah. starter that can eat up innings as well as be very effective, doesn't that help neutralize your bullpen? It does. Because now I mean, you can at least eat innings. Although they right. like to use their ace in six-run games after he's thrown 89 pitches in a 20-minute delay. I don't think it does solve your issues. Because if Hunter Brown and Christian Javier are still only getting you five innings, on a consistent basis every time through the rotation. But again, it, it, it's a domino effect. So now you add Stroman. So one of the guys at the, at the back end of your rotation slides into the bullpen, and even if you have to do piggyback games, you've got a guy capable or guys capable of doing that for you to pick up the back end until you get to the playoffs where if Stroman is the guy you get, you are in a much more powerful position than you were if you're yeah. hoping everybody's healthy yeah, I and ready might to get, go. I might get blasted for this question no. here. This is what I do. If if the Astros add a starter like Marcus Stroman, sure, and you want to go to a five man rotation, yeah, does it make the most sense to put Hunter Brown in the bullpen? No, 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 no God, no. no, no, no with no, no. with his innings limit, we saw. Look, this is no, what no, they no, did. But you no, don't no, know no, what you're getting what, out of Javier. No, I know, no, no, but this no, no, is what they did with Javier for two years. No, no, no. For two years, they, Javier danced yeah, between yeah. the bullpen and the rotation. Javier, they had too many guys. Javier was never the best He's prospect doing the it too. I understand, but you're not going to put JP France in the bullpen. You're going to go to six man rotation. What happens when you go down to a five-man rotation? I don't you get a better arm in the bullpen, but you ain't mess- and Hunter Brown ain't it. Well, Hunter Brown's on. staying if where he's at. If you go to a five-man rotation, Hunter Brown's your four. Hunter, if you trade yeah. for Stroman and you're a five-man rotation, Hunter Brown's your fourth or starter. Katie's your fifth or whoever else. It'd be or Katie or, or France. Yeah. That would be your fifth, sixth question. It wouldn't be but Hunter Brown in the mix. Christian Javier, to me, was always so clearly one of your top five guys. Uh-huh. And Dusty Baker would always, sit, like, would always put him in the bullpen because he was the guy... But he, he was capable of doing it. That was the he thing. He didn't push back. But like Hunter he, did yeah. it last year. Hunter, he didn't want to do it. That's because the rotation was loaded. I know. I'm just asking. Yeah, and no. The answer is no. If you're trading for a Stroman type, it's an upper echelon. Your top three is Fromber, Javier, Stroman, Brown. And then your fifth, sixth is either France or Akiti. If you're in a six-man rotation, it's all of them. If you go down to a five-man rotation, you're probably moving France to the pin. You're probably moving France to be your long guy out of the pen. Yeah, and it's just like a piggyback guy. And it also depends on what we're – are you talking about adding to the regular season or the postseason? Because Stroman, Stroman's the clear-cut answer for mm-hmm. both of them. But if the question's Michael Lorenzen or Carlos Estevez, I'm going Estevez. If the if like the same thing, if we're going Lorenzen, Estevez, and let's say Seth Brown, to me the answer is Estevez. So it, it, it depends on what caliber player we're talking about for starter, for left-handed bat. For let for like a bullpen arm, so like it very much matters what caliber that player is. Sure, it absolutely does. If it's Stroman starting pitching is a slam dunk, we're starting. If it's Michael Lorenzen, whatever. I don't want Michael Lorenzen. No, no, no doubt about it. I, I think that in, in all cases, in all scenarios, it obviously matters who you're getting and at what level they're getting. But to me, if you're getting Marcus Stroman. It's not just an insurance policy. That that's that's a strength now that it looked like it could be a potential weakness after you get by Fromber that you need. It's an insurance policy plus. If if Javier gets back to form, well now your rotation's even better. When you're talking about a five starter being either France or or Katie, mm-hmm. which you're not going to use in the pl- in the postseason, but your bullpen gets better because you get one of those guys who you trust. I think it, I think it's better in the regular season though because I don't think it makes you better in the postseason because those guys really aren't going to pitch. Uh, It'll be like Urquidy last year. He's, your long reliever in the postseason is is only pitching in emergencies or in blowout games. See, I think that it, it's you can say that until you start talking about stuff. When you start talking about the stuff and, and you say that you can bring in a guy 
like France who's capable but of... But who, who are you pitching France over in the playoffs in leverage spots? Oh, I'm not saying leverage spots. That's no, what I'm I mean. Saying, it's, I'm, it's, just, I'm saying like long relief, but like that's what I'm either saying. up it's, or down. That's not important in the postseason. It's not, But you just said that in the playoffs, and you're right, in the playoffs, you make bull, you go to the bullpen a lot quicker. You make a lot of pitching changes a lot faster than you would in the regular season, and you use a multitude of arms. It's better to use those guys' arms, especially in the earlier round, whenever you need to use them, than hoping that you can get something else out of somebody that you really don't trust anyway. You trust France. You trust Urquidy from the past to where either one of those guys you would like to see in a long release yeah, spot other than... But they're not that important in the playoffs. Like, what you said is right. Like, I like Urquidy. Urquidy last year was your long guy, and you never used him. Like, right, but you, you don't know every scenario every year is different where you could use... There could be some situations. What happens if you get up, like we said last, in the Angels series, you get up six runs... I'd rather have one of those guys that's an experienced starting pitcher that's going to be able to eat up innings but be effective doing it. Yeah, but you're not mopping and trusting up them more. You're not mopping up games in the playoffs unless you're down by a lot. I think that if you're up a lot of runs and you know that you're going to go to a sh- shorter rotation, especially if you're down in a series and you're going to bring back a guy on short rest, I think you're going to look for a guy that that kind of takes the the uh, chance to tax your rest of your arms out of the equation by bringing in a guy that has starting experience that can do what you need to do. Yeah, the who the names and the caliber matter here, but I guess without the names and the risk I'm taking, I'll, I'll piggyback blankers. Starting pitcher, start, sit, lefty, left fielder, and cut the bullpen arm. What would you say, Joe? Uh, I'm going to go start, starter, bench, bullpen arm, Ooh, sit, over left. Le- over left fielder. Huh? I just don't think it's as necessary the way Chaz, Jokes, and those guys are playing. And the way with, are different with so who's Diaz your, and Jordan, who's, who's your pinch hitter for Maldonado late in games? Well, if Diaz ain't playing, it's him. Okay, he's DHing, isn't he? Maybe Jordan's well. A DH. I think in I think in Joe's scenario, Jolks is your left fielder. Yeah. Jordan's your DH. I would feel for a playoff, especially depending on the scenario of the series. If you're looking for the best lineup offensively, I think Yiner's DHing and and Jordan's in left field. Totally agree. I just I'll believe it when I see it. And just the way these arms are taxed, I just think that's why those to me are your top two priorities now. Your bullpen, like your best guys, have just been out there so much. Your starters are not getting what you want. Like we've got dead arm, you've got a rookie pitcher. That's why you go to six man rotation. Yeah, no, I agree. It's get a new starter, and I think add a um, a Phil Maton level bullpen arm. I like it. Would be my two priorities. If with that lineup that you had without a bat, Jolks is starting against lefties, and Diaz is starting against righties. Cool for me. And then whatever guy's not starting is my. And frankly, what I would games. do is like if and to make this all work, I would go with the Caesar Salad Kid over Bly Madras on my roster as a hitter. No, well, no, no, just no, as having that third catcher. Also, catcher. You have to. I think you have yeah. to carry him because you're going to use Yiner all over the. place. I mean, you don't yeah. right now though. And you're, it's fine. I yeah, think but. they should be right now. Bly Madras had a big walk yesterday. I like Bly Madras. He's okay. Not having a Carl third Rabbit catcher, says though. It's Madras, by the way. Not having a third catcher right now isn't preventing Yiner Diaz from playing. No, Dusty is. No, Yiner's playing plenty. Yiner has played more than anybody else from like a fringe guy since Jordan Alvarez's injury. Like Yiner's gotten plenty of opportunities since Jordan went down. That's true. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Wimbledon. Carlos Al. Was it Alcaraz? Alcaraz? Is it Alcaraz or Alcaraz? I, I, I'm scared. I misspelled it. I think it's Alcaraz. Okay, so I did misspell it. Alcaraz, he won Wimbledon yesterday. What's the one individual sport championship you would want to win? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. You're hooked up with it. Toss a coin to your witcher. 
razor blunt commentary delivered with a special purpose. What's happening to my special purpose? It's the Killer Bees, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. Uh, big news for the Houston Rockets. Cam Whitmore is an MVP. Semi-final game tonight. They're chasing a summer championship. If the Rockets win the summer league championship, semifinals tonight. I thought it was the title. I thought the semis were Saturday. Oh, you're right. It is today's. There's a championship on the line tonight. Houston sports. That's right. Semifinal is Saturday. Was Saturday. The Rocket. What are we going to do tomorrow? If the Rockets win a summer league title, are we going to celebrate like we celebrated after the Astros won the World Series? No. We're not? No. we got to do some celebration for the Rockets. Well, Joe will win. play Big cool game. the gang celebration and Tina Turner simply the best. And on all of our Rocket segments, we'll have the appropriate music to honor them for their great accomplishment. Yeah. There won't be a parade in the city. Sylvester Turner won't be making it honorary Rockets Day. There's got to be. In the we gotta, 713. We'll, we'll pay it the proper respects if they win a title. The Rockets, we'll acknowledge it. Re, the Rockets, again, returning to being a championship team. We'll, we'll give it its this proper the, respects tomorrow if they win. This is the first step of phase two. Lot this, on the, the line tonight. Begin. Lot on the line tonight. We'll just say that. Uh, Cam Whitmore too has won the summer league MVP, big time, big time for the Rockets. Getting a steal with the number twenty I think pick the in the craziest NBA thing draft. about as much as we're kind of tongue and cheeking a lot of this is that kid just turned nineteen. Whitmore, yeah, or he's gonna turn nineteen. It's it's give or take a week either way. He's so young. That if he continues to play like this, and I, obviously I'm not expecting this. I'm the one that always tells you it's has-beens, never, yeah. never will-bees and wannabes that play in the summer league aside from top draft picks. But if he starts off like this, there's a lot of signs of encouragement that say this guy's going to be a player for you in some way, shape, or form, and he's that young, whew, that pick looks better every day. Yeah, that's my biggest thing is that he's healthy and he's playing good basketball. So and like, he rebounds cool. and he blocks he blocks shots. He's athletic. He finishes. He's strong. He can shoot. I like everything about his game. I'm a Cam Whitmore fan. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know how many minutes he'll get this his rookie. I'm year. not counting on him to be a major rotational guy in year yeah. one. He looks like a lotto pick that you got at twenty. Yeah, he looks like a lotto no pick doubt. that you got at twenty. It's pretty cool. Uh, Carlos Alcaraz won the uh, won Wimbledon yesterday, the men's championship. What is the one individual sport championship that you would want to win? It's a no brainer for me. It's the Masters, not the cornhole championship. No, the Masters. I mean, <sighs> the prestige with that. How much I love the tournament, the 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 property, the the history. The everything about it, I, I just the Masters to me would be top of the list without a doubt. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. What individual sport championship would you want to win more than any other ones? I'm probably going to have to lean with you too. Winning the Masters would be pretty awesome, and then you get to pick the dinner the next year too. By the way, there's some other ones that are really cool too. You get like, a lifetime membership to Augusta. Do you? Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's pretty damn good. That's really nice. Seven five nine three. I would want to pl- to uh, win the Players Championship because it's more money than sure. all the others. So if you're seeking the money, I could understand Players Championship over the Masters. How about World Series of Poker Champion? Win the main event. That'd be pretty cool. Wait a minute. I don't know if that's true. I mean, I know that they really up the Players Championship money. The Masters are their own entity, and they make a boatload of money. I'm pretty sure their prize money has gone up to the point where it, there's not that much difference if there is one. No, remember, though, whenever you win the players, you win the FedEx. Like last year, Rory McIlroy, whenever he won that, he won $18 million. I thought they split. Like there was a split one No, year. they remember they changed it to where they have 
the like the leader in the FedEx, he has like they give him a yeah, head start. Right. He gets so many, he's like a so many strokes. So lead that, and all that that entire tournament is p- playing for this prize pool. Okay. So Rory McIlroy last year oh, claimed I th- I'm talking eighteen about the, million prize for the FedEx Cup. I was thinking about when they called the fifth major the TPC. The you talking about that, the one before? Yeah, I thought you meant the Players Championship. Not I think. He said that, but I'm pretty sure he means the FedEx. You're talking the tour about, championship. Yeah, the tour the championship is the end of the year. Rory tournament. won 18 million dollars last year. Yeah, if that that makes total sense. Yeah, that if makes, you're just talking about the Players Championship, the money prize money. I think the Masters might be more. I probably go Masters here. A couple of other ones that are interesting though. You mentioned one of them: World Series of Poker MVP or winning the World Series of Poker main event. How about being the heavyweight championship in the world back in the heyday of boxing? Now, you're going to get a ton of money doing that. You're going to get brain damage, too. That's the other thing. Is you're, The mental abuse that you're – or the mental abuse. The physical abuse that you get from that, maybe even mental abuse. Some of these boxers aren't necessarily all there upstairs. Uh, that would be an interesting one to win. Yeah, I don't need all that physical abuse to get to where I'm trying to go. Like, if, if you're The Masters like- might be one of the lowest prize pools you would win, though. See, but think about this. Think about this because you got to qualify to get there. So you had you've had to have won something to get in. <laughs> You're reaching so much. I'm more. not because here's the other thing. Think about the the club pro from California that played Michael Block. Yeah, Block, and, and all of a sudden he got endorsements and he got all kinds of you know inv- invitations to other tournaments and he was getting side money. I, I think mean, you're you, going to get all that, too, if you're the heavyweight champion of the but, world. But if you win the Masters, there's going to be companies throwing money at you. You're going to be fine. You're way more popular as heavyweight champion of the world in Probably. boxing's heyday. For how long? Than the than Masters. Like, look at all the dudes that have won, like, Mike Weir. Um, hey, don't sleep on Mike Weir. Danny a, Willett. Mike <laughs> Weir won multiple PGA. Sure, but they're not very popular or have tons of cachet where they're cashing in. I on think like Mike Weir was pretty popular for a money. while. Mike Weir or Mike Tyson. Well, obviously, it's Mike Tyson, and Mike Tyson didn't win as much as people think he did. One one zero one 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 two says Daytona. If I'm winning an auto racing as an individual championship, I'm probably going some F one event over a NASCAR. Isn't Daytona, event. a massive amount of money though. Daytona is the biggest NASCAR event. I don't know how it stacks up price pool relative to the like the biggest F one. Like you win a uh, you win a drivers championship. I imagine that's a lot of money. Michael Schumacher. Well, right now it's no, uh, oh, it's the guy that's winning Verstappen. everything yeah, for Red Bull. Yeah. How many? It's how not. Much it's money? not Schumacher. It, I always mix these up. Who? Who's the the guy that used to 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 date the oh, Verstappen? Got a uh, sixty million last year. Who's chasing him every time? Salary every race. Michael Louis, Lewis Hamilton or Lewis Hamilton? There yeah, but he's kind of a little bit older now. Like okay. the the Russell kid is probably the best driver for Mercedes now, instead what? of Lewis Russell. What we got? Hamilton? We got tennis, golf, auto racing, boxing, UFC. What other individual sports could it be? I think we probably probably name the big ones. Yeah, probably name the big. Now you could go like track and field, be like Carl Lewis, win a win a like or Usain Bolt, like that's pretty good. Or Michael Phelps, like you go Olympics if you go individual route. Like that's a pretty good one. Those Olympic athletes are getting a lot of cake, especially if you set a world record, if you win certain races and things like that, you can get extra cake. Seven six two nine says UFC light heavyweight champion. It's interesting to me that he chose the light heavyweight yeah. champion as opposed to like heavyweight champion, middleweight champion. Like, I wonder why seven six two nine you went to that weight class. Like, there's got to be a very specific reason. Maybe you like your body at that weight class. Maybe you like the fighters you'd be fighting in that weight class. Although that weight class has went downhill ever since John Jones left. It hasn't necessarily been the same. What is it for you, Joe? Uh, Joe George? What is the one individual championship that you would win over any others? Masters. You are Masters. There Uncle you Barney uh, texted in, too. He said, Masters for sure. You get to play for life. And I don't have to get That's punched in the face. What's that? I don't have to get punched in the face. Yep. Yeah, but if you win the FedEx, you win $18 million. No, I know. But like, I, like, I would love to be like UFC middleweight champ. 
Yeah, see, that's probably why I wouldn't well, go Well, see, here's the thing. Like, size-wise, I guess I'm a Bantamweight. Like, height-wise. Oh, height-wise. The tell of the tape between you and the UFC Bantamweight of the championship, can we please make that an ESPN 95 graphic on Twitter? It's 5'6", 135 versus, like, 5'6", like, 190. And they're chiseled. Yeah. So to get down to that would be a miserable Are you saying Joe isn't? I want to see Joe's tell of the tape versus the current champion of what would be his weight class right now. I think it'd be Bantamweight. I mean, I I, I could do the same thing. Joe is chiseled in an ice sculpture way. I think right now I'm sure. a light heavyweight. Like me versus John Jones. Yeah, but it's like, like height. It's like height-based, typically. It's weight-based. It's no, but, weight class. But if you're 5'6", you fight it like Bantamweight. It's weight. It's always weight. It's weight, but the 5'6 guy's fighting Bantamweight. Well, you'd, you'd have to cut weight. Uh, what's the uh, wheelhouse leading off their show with today? Um, divorce. I think they're going to rank the Texans' themes... For all their home games from one to nine. If the Texans will go three and zero, the three times they wear the red helmets. Yep, that's a very good one. All right, it's going to do it for us. It's going to do it for us. Thanks to Joe George, the assistant to the regional manager and the Queen Bee for Blankers on Brandon. We'll talk to you tomorrow, Houston. The Wheelhouse is next. ESPN 97.5.com. Is it football season yet? The men who play it are the best there are. Disciplined professionals who perform on a stage a hundred yards long.